This episode of the Retail is Podcast is sponsored by the Downtown Hampton Development Partnership. DHDP is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to improving the economic health and quality of life in downtown Hampton. The partnership maximizes private, public, and educational resources to create the best possible environment to live, work, shop, visit, and do business. You can learn more at downtownhampton.com. Today's guest is Sarah Gallagher of Gallagher. Uh, Gallagher is a women's clothing brand committed to sustainable sourcing and ethical production. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joey. Glad to be here. Good. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Gallagher? Sure. So Gallagher, um, as you said, is a sustainable women's wear brand. Um, It's a made-to-order brand, so I design as well as produce everything here in Norfolk. Um, So everything is made in-house, and we cut pieces one at a time as part of our sustainability platform. Uh, Rather than carrying excess waste um, or manufacturing overseas, everything is made and developed right here. Wow. And where did that idea come from? So I um, have been sewing pretty much my whole life. I started around like age 12 and have always just really loved making clothes. I made my own dresses through high school for different events. And then um, I ended up going back to school in 2017 um, after getting my undergrad in philosophy, went back to school for fashion design um, at FIT in New York. Uh, which is where I developed kind of the rest of the skill set that I felt like I would need to have in order to launch my own line. Um, So it's kind of always been a dream of mine. My dad's an entrepreneur and I've kind of always had that um, desire to go into business for myself um, with his encouragement and then uh, have always just loved uh, making and now designing clothes. So what made it, um, I mean, it's quite a niche market. Like, I mean, trying to be sustainable, um, it's custom clothing. It's all done in, you know, locally in, in Norfolk. Right. Um, how did you come down to all of that? Yeah, it definitely was a journey. So in 2016, I'm not sure if you're familiar, there was a documentary that was released called True Cost, which kind of opened a lot of the public, kind of opened up the door to the fashion industry and just the harms and the many problems that there is within the industry and um, just the lack of sustainability. So I really got interested in that piece of it around 2016, went to school in 2017 and um, FIT had just started uh, to offer classes and different professors were doing lectures on sustainability just as kind of like a new movement. Um, So I kind of, I mean, it's been going on overseas for many more years, but I feel like that's around the time in, in America that it's really caught on as a movement. Um, So became interested in sustainable fabrics. And then as far as the made to order piece, there is, and we talk about this on our blog, actually kind of a difference between what we offer as made to order versus completely custom. So um, I probably have this conversation like once a day in my shop, but we don't do completely custom. Like you can't bring me a drawing and I whip it together. Um, It would be extremely time consuming and cost tons more money, but, So they're all my own designs that we develop and we produce um, two collections a year right now. And then we do offer alterations to those pieces. So if you wanted it a little longer, a little shorter, if you wanted me to take the sleeve up, I can make minor alterations to my pieces. I just don't do fully custom custom work. And that was really out of it. Sorry, that was really out of a need more than um, a want at the beginning. I probably interviewed like 10 manufacturers um, when I was looking to start my brand and the cost of manufacturing and um, 
just again, the, the number that you have to produce uh, just seemed unsustainable, both monetarily and environmentally at the time. So I've loved sewing and was like, well, let's just start this way and see how it goes. And we're still doing it three years in. Um, and it's been a great, I think, really unique selling point of our business is that we do everything. Yeah. And do you do all different sizes then? Um, so you sort of just do one and then multiply? <laughs> yeah. So we um, we carry sizes zero up to 14, like kind of standardized size chart, as well as we have alpha sizing for our tops. Like what I'm wearing today is uh, extra small through extra large. But then um, if someone isn't sure, I'm sure you're familiar that all clothing brands kind of run um, differently. And so um, I do take measurements as well if someone wants a little bit. Um, to just ensure they get the right fit, I can take um, standardized measurements. Okay, so where do you get your standardization from then? Because everyone, I, I mean, I know, go to a store is so hard to know what size you are as a woman. So right. How do you know what size that is? Um, so I have a fit model who is my, you know, every brand kind of has to just establish um, a standard size medium like the the middle of their size run um and so for our brand my size eight um is kind of based on like an aggregate of other contemporary brands that i shop um and so using those measurements which are all available online um from larger retailers i have established you know this is my size eight my medium and so i use the same fit model for every collection um it's a local fit model that i kind of um that, that's where I establish my middle ground. And then I outsource, the only part of Gallagher that's outsourced is my sizing to a company in New York. The service is called grading. Um, when they take everything, they digitize it and they establish like, this is a zero, this is a 14 based oh. on your, your middle size. Oh, wow, okay. That's really interesting. So then you did this all by yourself. Like you, the, I mean, you said oh, it's, it's in the family, like the entrepreneur. <laughs> spirits in the family but I mean yeah wow okay and is it yeah. still you or do you have someone you work with like I know you I mean you've got your model that helps I suppose right to the clothes on but it really, you know. it's a group effort I would love to I mean I don't think I would love to say that I do all by myself it's been great to add on to our team so my sister and I actually launched the brand together in um, the spring of 2019 my sister is an incredibly talented um, creative director for a um, digital media company. Um, she's a graphic designer by trade, but she's also a, a photographer and builds websites. So she does kind of all of our digital communication um, and that sort of thing for the brand as well as photography. And it's really great because our skills don't really overlap. So I take care of all of the product development mm -hmm. and design, and then she takes care of um, the digital marketing and communications aspect of things. Right. So she's been with me from the beginning um, and as a part owner of Gallagher. And then I hired my first seamstress in the new year. Um, I just had a baby boy. And so knew that I was gonna need more help um, once I took on the new role of becoming a mother. Uh, and she has been just an angel. I like cannot stop bragging about her. She's the best thing that's happened to the brand in a long time. Oh. Stacia um, is a wonderful, Part of the team so she now handles probably 75 percent of the production while i am able to you know continue my role kind of as a director of design and um to see things on a bigger scale what is your store like is it so do you have a physical location 
Yes, we have a physical physical location in um, downtown Norfolk and Selden Market. And okay. um, so we've been there for a year now. We opened in the middle of the pandemic, which was kind of a crazy circumstance. Yeah. But again, one of um, the best things that I've really done for the brand was opening a brick and mortar. And it was something that was in my like five year plan, but definitely not in the first year and a half. <laughs> um, but yes, we have a physical store and we have different sizes and different colors available in that physical location. And then if there's something that is not in your size, and it's not in the color that you want, we are able to turn around um, a made to order purchase in about two weeks time. Nice. When did you open the Selden Market? July of last year. Last year, were they so they were open then? I'm guessing. Yeah. So we were um, at that time at a temporary reduced hour. So during the pandemic, um, they went from I think being completely closed in April and May, and then in June, opened just Friday through Sunday. Um, So it honestly, in some ways, was a huge blessing for me as a new store owner to kind of be able to like dip my toes in the water. So to speak, into by, yeah, easing into it just at three days a week. And now we are back at um, six days a week. So um, it's been nice to be able to transition that way since I was um, the only employee at the market at the time. Yeah. So what, what do you kind of customers do you get? Do you think that they focus more on the sustainability or is it the designs? What kind of, uh, what have you been seeing? Um, I would say, and this was actually my intention with the brand, I like to say, like, I want to approach sustainability from the back door rather than really pushing this brand is sustainable. We okay. use all natural fabrics. Um, I want to educate my customers about that once they've already been drawn in mm-hmm. by um, the products and the designs that I offer. So I would say most of them don't have a solid understanding, maybe like 10% of my customers even really are familiar with sustainability as like a fashion movement. Um, and I like that. Like I want to meet customers with great design. And I like to say that I think that there's a gap in the sustainability movement as far as like more classic timeless pieces. There's a lot of like boho and um, kind of earthy, thinking. <laughs> linen. And we don't really do that. We do, um, I hate the word preppy, but I like to say more classic, timeless mm-hmm. silhouettes. I take a lot of inspiration from like late 50s, early 60s um, French and American designers. But um, yeah, I definitely think that we are able to meet customers with great, timeless designs and then be able to tell them, you know, all of our pieces, we don't use any polyester. It's all um, natural materials that are all produced um, by great ethical companies that I've sourced um, mostly overseas, Canada and Europe. Very cool. Yeah, when you when you first were talking about sustainability, that's what pops into your head. I was thinking, right. okay, is it like a boho style kind of thing? No, but that's definitely, I think, where the sustainability movement started was kind of with that core demographic, and um, it is expanding. I'm definitely not the first to, um, to go in this different direction, but I do think that there's a noticeable gap um, for people who want to shop more responsibly and sustainably. Um, have you come across anything even legislatively or any lobbyists or anything taking up the course? There's definitely plenty of organizations um, nationwide as well as internationally. Sustainability means a lot of different things to a lot of people, even just in the realm of fashion. So um, while there's great organizations, um, like you've probably seen even at Target now, they're doing like eco tech certification is a big um, sustainability certification for fabric production, um, but there's there's all sorts of different pieces. It's 
everything from the people who are cutting and sewing, which is ourselves, um, to the manufacturing of the fabric, to um, even how how the plants, because we use all plant-based fabrics, how it's grown and processed mm -hmm. from like a cotton farm. So there's a lot of different organizations that attack different parts of sustainability, um, but we currently do not hold any of those big certifications. It's quite expensive to um, delve into, uh, similar to like a B Corp world but i think as we grow that's definitely something we would want to have you know that stamp of approval but yeah. we try to explain everything as best we can on our website um we just started our blog earlier this year awesome i mean are you finding it hard to get um well i suppose first of all doing your research um on sustainability you know and making sure that you know where things are coming from and having access and i mean I know with supply chain issues and everything going on right now, are you also struggling to get hold of the things that you need? Um, I have been fortunate to have a great relationship with just a few suppliers. And while there definitely was a point during the pandemic where we were seeing delays, and then we were also um, for a bit of the end of Trump's presidency, seeing an increase in um, tariffs overseas, especially from my Asian suppliers. Um, it really has gotten a lot better, I would say, from the beginning of the new year, things have kind of started to level out for me. I definitely, within the marketplace, you know, I have created close relationships with the other store owners and know that different, um, different retailers are dealing with different sorts of backups and uh, manufacturing. But mm -hmm. for the most part, um, I, I really try to pay attention to um, a lot of my suppliers have offices in New York. So the, the Jewish holiday calendar is really important to pay attention to as far as closures. And then overseas, um, the Chinese New Year is usually about a month of delay time. So try to get your orders in before the Chinese New Year is always a big thing, but mm -hmm. um, not a ton related to the pandemic, at least anymore. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, Gosh, I mean, obviously <laughs> there's a lot to learn and you know as you go as well i'm sure there's there's more oh to delve into it's learning every day and um i really love that like no two days look the same as an entrepreneur or even a retail business owner it's just um always finding new challenges to tackle but it's been yeah. a lot of fun how have you uh, learned the about part? the business side of things or the accounting and all that Oh my goodness. Um, that has definitely been the biggest curveball. I um, am embarrassed to say I've never taken a business, like a formal business class. I did my undergrad in philosophy before pivoting and going into fashion design um, degree wise. So I've learned a lot from my husband who majored in business, um, a lot from my dad, like I said, who's a business owner, as well as I have a cousin who um, was getting his master's in business a couple years ago when I was getting started. So kind of have cobbled together um, their knowledge as well as just taking informal trainings online. Um, but we use QuickBooks and I try to streamline everything as best I can. I have a great accountant in Virginia Beach um, who is a huge asset, but it's it's been probably the biggest challenge just as far as what my experience was before. We've uh, done enough of these podcasts now and I've talked to enough entrepreneurs to learn that it, having those family connections are so big. It's always there's always something, there's always someone in the family who does website design or someone who knows something about QuickBooks and you can always, and it seems like it's the way to do it. I mean, without a support system, I don't know how anyone owns or runs a business because you have to lean on a solid support system to be able to make it in retail. Yeah, if, if there's anybody who doesn't have that, I'd really want to talk to them and see how right. they're doing it. Yeah. Sleep in one hour a day kind of person. 
It's, it's true. It's like even talking to some of our members, part of the benefit, I think, of Retail Alliance is that they get to talk to the other business owners just to sort of help each other and figure out, okay, well, what did you do when, when you had this issue or, you know, what supplier have you used for this? And I think that right. that support, if you don't have it in your family, that, um, you know, having yeah. that network is... You need to find it somewhere else if it's not yeah. your family. Yeah, I was a part of um, like a paid Facebook group uh, specific to fashion startup businesses called Startup Fashion um, for the first like year of Gallagher just to find resources of like, hey, where do you get the best lining fabrics? Where do you buy your zippers? Where do you get your labels? I mean, there's a lot of pieces. Yeah. Yeah, very specific to a specific industry. And that was a huge help. And I always recommend that to others looking to get into the industry is a, a really great resource. Yeah. So where where are you going from here? What's the what's the plans? The next really phase of Gallagher is to just um, continue to expand our products. And um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Southern Markets kind of um, vision for what the tenants here do but it is really just like a three-year incubator program so long term we would not um, necessarily stay in Selden market but I've always loved retail guys and I've always loved the idea of having a brick and mortar and this um, short time just a year that I've been in Selden has really solidified that so I think um, finding a brick and mortar location um, in Hampton Roads I'm military my military spouse so might not be in Hampton Roads I'm not quite sure yet but I definitely have loved the retail experience. Um, so that will be a continued part of our plans as well as just expanding what we offer. So we currently just offer our own um, products, which is our bread and butters dresses, as well as we offer now some separate, so skirts and tops, um, but would love to also incorporate um, into the retail part of the business, uh, other companies that are sustainable or local um, and to kind of, pivot towards more of a boutique boutique model where we can carry um of accessories and accessories and things that kind of complement our own offerings yeah so definitely yeah. in the mix i think growing the team to continue to offer sort of this like made to order um option with alterations has been such a huge selling point that i've seen again just in having the physical location so i think we'll, we'll probably keep that piece but long term it might behoove us to have like more of a manufacturing either off-site here in Hampton Roads or um, elsewhere in America. I'm not opposed to overseas, but um, I, I love having at least one person in the shop who's able to be like, oh yeah, I can alter that for you. It'll, it'll be ready tomorrow or let me take your measurements and figure out what you need. Um, I think that sort of concierge service, um, so to speak, has really been a, a huge selling point. Mm -hmm. I saw there was it's like a group of, I think it's like called Made in Hampton Rose Made in Virginia Made there's something locally made like some sort of group that I saw mm -hmm. that is sort of bringing together people who manufacture things within either the region or the state have you heard of that is it is it the Made, made in the South competition maybe there's a I don't know if it's like technically an organization but there's um the Southern Living Magazine does a Made in the South competition every year. And then Coastal Virginia Magazine also has a Made in Virginia, kind of their own like riff off in of that. Made in the South. Um, and I know Derek um, across the way from me that owns Werther Leather Goods, he was featured um, as one of the Made in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
in them in that magazine so that might be what you're thinking yeah about. i think i saw i saw that article yeah it's definitely yeah. a unique set of businesses that um obviously there's a lot of talent in virginia oh absolutely this yeah i mean the artists that i've seen produce you know some amazing stuff so um it's good to see like to me this feels I haven't seen that many uh, of what you do, you know, in terms of the apparel side of things. So that's. Um, yeah, I definitely, I think it's a, again, a unique selling point. And I had a little bit of pushback from the podcast I did last week, which was with more of like a fashion product-based business coach. She was like, she had her own fashion business for 14 years in Chicago. And she's like, you know, even though I sew and grew up sewing, I really never considered doing what you're doing with made to order. And I think it's a relatively new, newer concept that's kind of like in vogue right now. And mm. we compared it last week to like, you know, you go to a rest, a really cool restaurant and you might be able to see the whole kitchen and it's an open kitchen concept yeah. where you see everyone making your food. Like there's a new found connection we're making to the people who make our, the things we consume or mm. things we buy. And I think, I hope that that stays around. Um, Cause I think people, want to know where stuff is coming from and i try to remind people that clothes aren't made by robots like they're made yeah by um, yeah that's true that yeah. makes a lot of sense and, and i think you're really onto something there because it's so easy now to just get something if you just want it if you just want a dress you can just go online and get a dress right. like you want that connection is like that's the thing that's going to make me go to a store and go to the thing like same thing with uh restaurants i always fight with my uh, wife because I want to sit near the kitchen. I want to be where the action is. Yeah. I want to see it all happen. Totally. And I think that's how we develop loyalty to yes. our businesses because brand loyalty, I mean, it's hard in the online sphere to get customers to be brand loyal. I mean, they're always, I mean, I online shop a ton and yeah. uh, they're always comparing different brands and it's hard to stay loyal, but I think having that offering and that connection with customers oh. in a retail space helps build that loyalty. I've definitely seen that here. And I've been reading um, some national stories about the whole direct-to-consumer. Um, you know, it's becoming such a, you know, a bigger thing now. Um, right. so I think you really are on the upward trend um, on that. So it's good timing too. Yeah. Uh, that's what consumers are wanting. You know, right. The transparency, you know, and just that relationship directly with the source. You know, they're exactly. not through some third party they don't know. So, um, yeah. And just the ability to stay nimble because, you know, as we all saw with the pandemic and just business owners in general, know you have to pivot sometimes. And I think just staying really lean and, you know, not overproducing, you know, a hundred pieces that might not sell next season. Um, but just listening to our customers and um, taking their feedback, just cutting dresses one at a time is, is working yeah. for us so far. Oh yeah. That getting rid of all that wastage. It's just, right. it's a huge loss for a lot of businesses. For sure, um, it was heartbreaking for a lot of like, we do have some wholesale partnerships with boutiques in the area. And, you know, they were just stuck with all of this, you know, spring, summer inventory from the beginning of 2020 that they couldn't move, um, which affects the rest of their year, so. Yeah, well, did have they gone on clearance or what, have, do you know what they're doing? Yeah, a lot of them just had to put it all on clearance and, you know, kept it on their floor for as long as they could until um, their, their next season because you're you're usually buying at least nine months out for mm -hmm. you know the future um seasons so they've already made their fall purchases they've kind of bought that um 
Mm -hmm. And yeah, just had to put on clearance more quickly than they probably would have liked some of that spring summer inventory. Um, so it, it was tough on a lot of industries, but definitely the fashion industry. Yeah. Oh, well, we are running low on time. Kylie, you got any questions you'd like to ask? Before just, we finish? Did, you said that you're um, now you're, well, you're married to military. Mm -hmm. um, are you from Hampton Roads? I'm not. So I am from Michigan originally. I have a lot of family in the Chicago area, um, as well as my husband's family. And so we've been here for five years in Hampton Roads. Okay. And we have orders. He has current orders for three more years. So we know we'll be here um, for the next few. And then we're not quite sure after that. Another adventure. <laughs> yeah, another adventure. But that's another great thing about having at least an online presence. That's what we started with Gallagher, um, like I said, in the spring of 2019. So hopefully um, we could pick up and move. But like I said, the brick and mortar has been a huge, um, huge asset. And I've really loved it. So wherever we're on to next, it'll definitely yeah. be a consideration. Well, it's a great experience. No matter which way you go, online or brick and mortar, you could take definitely. that anywhere. So um, good job. <laughs> yeah. well, it's lovely to talk to you. Yeah. It's really great yeah. talking to you guys. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the podcast, uh, Rachel. So where can people find you? How, how do they get in touch with Gallagher or find Gallagher? Um, you can find Gallagher on Instagram. All of our, uh, actually all of our social handles are just shop Gallagher. And then our website is shop-gallagher.com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you guys. Well, you've been listening to the Retail Is podcast. If you've enjoyed what you heard, you can find more at retailalliance.com slash retail dash is dash podcast or search YouTube YouTube for Retail Alliance. I'm Joey Morgan. And I'm Kylie Ross-Seibert. Thanks for listening.